Hello friends and welcome to the very first service of 2021 for Kirkpatrick Memorial Presbyterian Church. My name is Lisa and it's my very great privilege not only to welcome you but to lead you into our community worship experience today. It occurred to me that at the start of a new year I might begin by saying that I hope that you will experience a happy new year. I don't know what the dawning of a new year means for you for many, it will bring with it a mixed bag of emotions and memories. Certainly the events of 2020, including a pandemic, racial tensions, joblessness, political battles and Brexit, created an unprecedented time of unrest and anxiety. But for some, they might have just had the best year ever and are looking forward to an even greater one looming ahead. While for others, they may have trudged through one deep struggle after another. As we look to the year ahead, we know there are those among us who are dealing with very serious health concerns, some who have financial worries. And for some of the younger members of our congregation, the pressure of having to set important exams is very great. So while there is much anticipation, there can also be much trepidation. But at the start of each new year, I'm reminded of and heartened by the words of an old poem by Minnie Louise Haskins called God Knows. It was made famous when King George recited part of it during his Christmas address of 1939. It's a really beautiful poem and I would encourage you to go away and find it and read it in full. But for now, I just want to share an extract from it. And I said to the man at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. As you step into what may seem like the darkness of another year, one truth still rings clear. You are not alone. Not ever. Christoph reminded us just a few weeks ago that Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. Our God is a with us God. And on the heels of the celebration of the birth of our King, that reminder has the power to carry us into a fresh new start. And though things and people around us may shift and change, our God never changes and he is there holding out his hand to us. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you for a new year. We bow before you, the ancient of days, and proclaim with thanksgiving that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. While things may shift and change around us, you remain constant. We thank you for the gift of Jesus, Emmanuel, who you gave to us to be our greatest treasure, not just at Christmas, but for the whole year through. Thank you that both in seasons of celebration and in seasons of brokenness, you're with us because you never leave us. While for many of us, the road ahead may be marked with uncertainty, we trust that you know the end from the beginning and your purposes will stand. Thank you for the promise of your presence, Lord, your desire to be our strength and our shield. As we step into 2021, may we have the faith to place our hand in yours and allow you to lead us on, for that is truly better than light and safer than a new and way. Amen. Our Bible passage today is taken from Psalm 116. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called in the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. 
For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my voice to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my voice to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. I'm wearing two microphones here today as we're trying to live stream this or, or record it. So everything all right, Dan? All good? Great. So folks, after 17 years of being your minister, it's, it's time today to say goodbye. I'll come to that in a moment. Um, but there are a few things I'd like to say before I say goodbye. Um, we're not going to try and preach the, the passage that Lisa read for us this morning, Psalm 116. Uh, I asked that we would uh, read it here today. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's a song of gratitude, really. Um, and that's what makes it appropriate uh, for us to have read here this morning and as a backdrop to what I want to share with you. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I'll call on him as long as I live. It's quite simple, really, what happens in the psalm. The psalmist looks back over his life. He sees those moments where God has rescued him, where God has been good to him, and then he expresses his gratitude. The heartbeat of the psalm for me is in verses 12 to 14, because the psalmist asks a question there. He says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? That's the question I've been grappling with the last few months, the last years, for most of my life, actually. I feel like the psalmist this morning, full of gratitude. And I want my last address at Kirkpatrick Memorial to, to be a song of gratitude to God going to try and do three things. I'd like to say thank you to you. I'd like to say thank you to God for you. And then I'd like to say thank you to God for Jesus. So first of all, let me say thank you to you. I have loved being your minister. To the elders and the members of the congregation who were here before I arrived, I'm just looking. There are not many. I'll not pause and try to count, but there are not many people, uh, members of this church, who were here before I arrived. But to the small number who were, who can hear me today, I, I want to thank the elders and for the congregation back in 2003 for taking a godly punt on me and inviting me to be your minister here. To those of you who joined Claire and I in those first weeks and months, uh, church life in those days was was very different than it is today. The place, well, it was probably quite like this. The place was quite empty. Um, There weren't a lot of younger people around. We weren't sure how this was all going to go. So the people came in those days, they were living by faith and not by sight. We were believing that God was going to do something here and that we could be a part of it. We were wondering if these dead bones could live. 
To all of you who have joined us and worked with us ever since, elders who have visited people, led discipleship groups, poured your lives into the care of the flock under your care. I've had a chance to speak to the elders recently, but I couldn't say it often enough how grateful I am for you. Members of the Congregational Committee, um, so uh, people know that Congregational Committees look after the buildings and the finance, but what they maybe don't understand is that a minister's experience of life in a church is tied up considerably with a Congregational Committee. They're responsible for providing a manse for the minister to live in and a stipend for the minister to live on. All all I can say after 17 years of being the minister here is that the Congregational Committee has provided for me and for my family extraordinarily well, and we are grateful. The welcome team, he won't like it, but I'm going to name him, Brian Nixon. One of the key reasons, I think, why God has been able to bless this church family and grow it over the years is that beautiful welcome that people get on the first Sunday that they arrive and the welcome that never changes, no matter how long they're here, every Sunday thereafter. Thank you. The staff team, I've worked with some great people over the years. I'm just going to say their names and you might find yourself reminiscing and smiling along with me. Edna, Steve, David, Jill, Sam, Richard, Richie, Claire, Mary Rose, Lila, Paul. Huge privilege for me to be able to work with all of you guys over the years. I want to say thanks to all our preachers and worship leaders. Um, You probably understand that that's a little of a distinctive in Kirkpatrick Memorial, how freely we share uh, preaching and worship leading. Uh, I I just have been blessed so much uh, by the people who've who've been here at the front with me over the years. Um, I'm not going to try to name them all because I would probably forget some important names. But I know that at this moment in time, as I leave, there's a team of 10 worship leaders, each of whom I enjoy. They're brilliant. And I've been able to hand the convener of the vacancy a a schedule with preachers and worship leaders right up to the end of June. took me no time at all to just type that up because there are so many gifted, godly people here ready to share in in our worship. So I I just want to say thank you to all of those guys. To all of our leaders in charge of organizations and leaders, uh, Claire, I I know, has been in touch with the leaders in charge. We're we're just so grateful to people who have shared in ministry with us over the years. We know that at times your service has been very, very costly, Many of you over the years have served at a time when you're maybe parents of young children yourselves. So your your service comes out of time that you barely think you have and energy that you know you don't have a lot of the time. Uh, We're so grateful to you. I'm heartened uh, to know that the God whom we serve is gentle with those who have young That's something I always think of when I think of of Kirkpatrick. So many young families, but our our God is gentle with with those who are young. He he cares for them. I want to say thank you to everyone in the congregation. Um, If you don't feel you've been in one of those categories yet, it's been such a, a privilege to be your pastor, to marry you and baptize you, and your children. I baptized a few children here, didn't I, over the years? Felt like every week we had three or four. It was a a real privilege to lead you to Christ, to bring you into full membership in the church, lots of you, to be with you sometimes in in sickness and, and maybe even in death as you grieved the loss of loved ones. Thank you for allowing me that place in your lives.
you've inspired me and taught me so much. So, so I'm, I'm the teaching elder. That's what we call a minister in Presbyterianism. That means I have a particular role. I'm, I'm to teach, and in a sense, you're, you're learning. That's, listen, we shouldn't overstate that or imagine that it's not the other way around. All of us in this walk with Jesus are teaching each other all of the time. So I want to thank you for that, all the ways in which you've encouraged me, inspired me, and taught me. Truth is, I won't, I don't think I'll really know for a wee while, maybe need to be away for a while before I'll understand fully how much you've taught me and shaped me and made me the person I've become. So I want to thank you for that. You've shared life with us. Uh, Claire and I are both uh, inspired by Paul's line in First Thessalonians, where he talks about his ministry. He says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you've become so dear to us. That's, that's how we like to do ministry, is to share life. One of the ways we do that is by inviting people into our homes, and into our home. We, we've invited you. I'm just looking. I'm pretty sure nearly everybody here has been in our home. Thanks for coming. We didn't take that for granted. To be invited into a minister's home, into a manse, might not at first seem like a great prospect. Thank you for coming and joining with us. Last of all, I want to say thank you for all of, to all of you for letting me be me. Um, we, you'll have gathered by now that John Ames, the old pastor in whose voice Marilyn Robinson wrote Gilead, um, he's become a bit of a hero of mine. And in an almost throwaway line, he gives us an insight into the life of a, a pastor or a pastor's wife. He says this, people change the subject when they see you coming. I want to say thank you to all of those who didn't change the subject, who allowed me and my family to be ourselves in your company. That's a a great privilege. One last thank you uh, to Claire. Claire's here today. Claire, I've heard ministers thank their wives for their help and their support in their ministry. Um, I have so much more to thank you for than that. Uh, thank you for partnering with me in our ministry. Um, I'm so grateful for all the times when you have helped and supported me. I'm not diminishing that at all. But I did count it a privilege to partner with you and help you in your ministry too. Patrick, Sophie and Ruby. You have been God's grace to me. I count myself so blessed to be uh, your dad. I know that moving from Ballyhackamore here and moving to Bangor feels like a huge loss for you guys these days. So I've been praying for you that God will do for you what he's done for me so often before. That he will give you more than you've ever given up more than you can ask or that you can imagine as you walk with him. Folks, I could go on saying thank you and thank you and thank you. I've taken a a moment to say thanks for you. or I'm going to take a moment now to say thanks for you. And that's easy for me to do. It's actually a very easy transition. Um, You see, I've been praying for you for half of my adult life. In God, you, this community, is my dreams come true. I first started dreaming about Kirkpatrick Memorial in the spring of 2003, about 18 years ago now. Uh, I was moderator's assistant or assistant minister at High Kirk in Ballymena. So if, you, if you've been around here, you'll know that 
David McCullough and then Richie Cronin. They served as our assistants, but then they had to go and get a real job. Um, I'd reached that stage where I had to go and find a church where I could be the minister. And that's when I first heard of Kirkpatrick Memorial. Um, I learned about a small congregation in East Belfast. Um, I'd heard that the, the wider church was ready to close it, didn't feel that it had a future. And then I remember coming to visit the area. I didn't know Ballyhackmore at the time. And I remember being out there in the Newtonards Road and looking around and just thinking, well, surely, surely if you can't reach people for Jesus from here, how could you? Look at all these shops, these businesses, the schools, the houses of all shapes and sizes. What a brilliant parish. Um, so God gave me a vision. He put a dream in my heart to, to fill this building and the center of Ballyhackamore with a community of Jesus followers, people who could be a light for this part of Belfast. So I was dreaming, and and I was praying, and other people were praying too. So there had been people praying here for a generation before I arrived. Um, I was coming here with some pretty good contacts with praying churches, huge praying churches, High Kirk and Ballymena, Hamilton Road and Bangor, I told them, listen, there aren't a lot of people around, not a, very, not a lot of young people. Would you pray for some young people, some young adults, some young couples, some young families? So that's what they prayed. Um, I, I didn't ever tell them to stop praying. I maybe should have. Uh, I maybe should have got in touch after a few years and said, listen, you could maybe pray that for somebody else now. Because the, the blessing started and, and never stopped. God just brought people, brought you. Some of you came here from other churches. Some of you came from no church. But God brought you here, and it's been a, a huge blessing. You've been an answer to my prayers and, uh, and my dream come true. So from this vantage point at the end of 2020, I, I, can, only, I can look back and say that as far as I can see, God's chosen to do a miracle here. There's a word that's used sometimes in the church uh, and people maybe want to pray for revival. Um, and people get a very narrow idea of what a revival is. A revival, if you understand the word correctly, means uh, a restoration to life of something that didn't have a lot of life. Well, by that definition, Kirkpatrick Memorial has experienced a revival I've often wondered about that. Why did I get to experience this when so many of my colleagues work as hard as I am? They're better people than I am. They work, but they don't see the blessing that I've experienced here. And I can't really answer that. I've given up trying to answer that. Now I just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers for making my dreams come true and for putting this community of Jesus followers right in the center of Ballyhackamore. So I've thanked you. I've thanked God for you. In verse 12, what, what I've said, I think, feels like a heartbeat of the psalm. The psalmist asked this question, what can I give back to God for the blessings that he's poured out on me? And I've, all I've done so far is tell you about my blessings. I haven't even started to answer the question. What can I give back to God? It's not really one of those deep, tough theological questions that's got me scratching my head. Almost as soon as I tried to answer it, I see the answer. What can I give back to God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. That's what I can give back to him. I can't repay him for all of his goodness to me. So what I'll do instead is I'll, I'll celebrate his goodness. I'll sing about it. I'll rave about him to anyone who listens. And I'll just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. The psalmist puts it in these terms. He says, I'll lift high the cup of salvation. 
The psalmist didn't know as much about God's salvation as we do. You see, his salvation has a name. And his name is Jesus. Folks, you know me. All I've ever wanted for any one of you is more of Jesus. If you didn't already know him, I tried to make the introduction. If you knew him but you hadn't bowed the knee, if you hadn't committed yourself to Jesus, I, I asked you to do it, to make him your boss and your king, to commit yourself to beginning to follow him. And to those of you who were already following him, I just wanted to, to keep you on the road, invite you further and deeper with Jesus. All I've ever wanted for any one of you and for all of you is more of Jesus. Folks, this has been a, a long goodbye, a couple of months really since we said I, I would probably be going or, or would be going. And, and it's good that this is, is over. I heard a line in a pop song recently that, that sums up a little of how I feel these days. Um, in one of the Coldplay songs, Chris Martin sings, I'd rather be a comma than a full stop. And I love that. Because I'm happy to be a small punctuation mark in the story of your life. Your life with God. What I want is for that story to now go, to, to be written in, in longer chapters with greater life and vitality than ever before. I'm happy just, as I say, to be a, be a comma on the way, but I'm, I'm looking to see what God's doing and will do in your lives in the future. Long after I'm gone, I want you to be going and growing with Jesus. If you remember me at all, or remember me in any particular way, Please remember me as the guy who couldn't get over Jesus. Wouldn't stop talking about him. Wouldn't stop inviting you to, to fall in with him, to follow him, Savior and Lord of your life. Someone who talked about the cross and everything that Jesus has done to make us right with God. Someone who invited you to live to the fullest, live life to the fullest because that's what Jesus offers. Folks, I thought I'd close by saying a word about our future, yours and mine. This isn't the last time we'll be together. Over the recent months, I don't know if it was preaching the songs of ascent in the summertime or watching the life of Abraham in the autumn time, um, and as I've contemplated now leaving Kirkpatrick, I find myself unable to shrug off the image of our lives with God as a pilgrimage. It is a biblical idea. It appears a couple of times, at least in Scripture. But I think it's a great way to think of our parting today. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you're on a long, one of those traditional long pilgrimages. If, if you know anything about the Camino de Santiago, that will serve well for our purposes. The Camino has lots of different arteries that, that feed in and come together. But the, the, there's a classic route that begins in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in the south of France and that travels 500 miles through uh, northern Spain until it arrives in the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Galicia. So, a 500-mile walk, day after day. Think of that as a metaphor for your life with Jesus. You start out on your journey with a particular group of people. For a lot of us, it's maybe our parents, it's some friends, it's our Sunday school teachers and our youth leaders. They're the group with whom we travel the early miles. But as we walk through life, the group changes. Not your whole group all at once. Some people gently move out of your group and others move in. So it happens, for example, when you finish school or when you leave home for university or when you change a town with work. 
It's as though the group that you, you started with, it stopped off somewhere in an alberge, one of these pilgrim hostels along the way. And as you've sat together along the long benches, enjoying dinner together, you've fallen into conversation with somebody on your left who isn't a part of your group. And you've headed off. And what you discover is the next morning as your group sets off, this person you had dinner with last night has joined your group. And you notice too that one or two others from your group have gone and joined another group. And so it goes. This pilgrimage that Jesus has called us on. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all going the same way to the Father. And Jesus is the way. He's the one who's leading us all the time. But he allows us to, and I think he probably ordains it, that we walk different parts of the road with different people in conversation with different brothers and sisters in the family of God. These partings can seem hard, but the meetings are a blessing. And all the while we travel together with Jesus to our Father God. A couple of things I love about this image. One is the prospect of connecting with you again somewhere further up the road. Some night you'll have stopped in an alberge with the group that you're a part of. You'll be sitting enjoying dinner. And at some point, the door will burst open. And I'll arrive in, late as usual, knackered after a day's walking. And you'll see me, and you'll recognize me. And you'll shout, hey, Christoph, how you been? Come on over. And we'll sit side by side, and we'll talk. We'll talk about our work and our families, the community that we're a part of. And we'll talk about all the other things that God is doing in our lives to build us and to bless us. It might happen at a Christian conference, might happen in Belfast City Centre, might happen on Bangor Seafront, I, I don't know. But it's going to happen, and I look forward to that. But there's a second thing I love about this image, and it's that we'll all get there in the end. So long as we keep company with Jesus, who is the way, it doesn't matter which crowd we travel with at any point along the road. We'll all find our place in the end in the big crowd at journey's end when he brings us home and we gather before his higher throne. So, after 17 years, it really is time to say goodbye. Ever since I've contemplated this moment, I've I've dreaded it. But I recently learned something which makes it easier for me. I've learned what goodbye actually means. Maybe you know. It's a contraction from the old English of the blessing with which you part. The full blessing is God be with you. Goodbye. Now there's something I can say with a smile on my face. It's exactly what I'd want to say to any one of you and to all of you. All I've ever wanted to say. Goodbye. God be with you. Amen. Our Father in heaven. We give you thanks for the many blessings you have poured out on this congregation over the 17 years of Christoph's ministry. We thank you that you have sustained him with health and strength and wisdom for the task you gave him when he came to Kirkpatrick. And we thank you for Claire, who was his constant support, even leading the mums and tots in the early days. 
We thank you for his challenging teaching from your word and his dedicated pastoral ministry to individuals and families, week by week and year upon year. We thank you for Christoph's emphasis upon discipleship and service delivered through his preaching in the setting up of discipleship groups through Bible study and prayer. We thank you for the many new members who, at his invitation, joined in the leadership of the growing work among our children and young people, a work which also strengthened our outreach to the local community. We thank you for his leadership of the Kirk Session and Church Committee as they sought to maintain the church buildings and increase their usefulness to the growing work of the congregation, and latterly as they have grappled with the subject of the future of our buildings. For all that you have accomplished here through your servant Christoph, we give you thanks. We pray for him now as he moves with his family to Hamilton Road. We pray for a close walk with God for Christoph, Claire, Patrick, Sophie and Ruby, and that they will make supportive friendships in their new community. We pray for good relationships between Christoph and the Kirk Session, the Church Committee, and leaders of the congregation's organisations, and we pray that he will receive a warm welcome into the hearts of the ordinary members of the Hamilton Road congregation. We pray for wisdom and forbearance on all sides, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to enable Christoph and the Kirk Session to unite in leading Hamilton Road to a deeper commitment to their local community and to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father. Lord God, we would also raise up before you fellow Christians who are persecuted for your sake. Give them the strength to endure hardship in their daily lives, in IDP camps, in prison, and your comfort for all who have lost loved ones. And give them, we pray, the grace to forgive their persecutors. We pray also for members of our own fellowship who are ill at this time, for their families, that they will experience your support and will know that we keep them and their loved ones in our prayers at this time of need. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our service of worship is now drawing to a close. And it's been helpful today to think with Christoph about the journey that we've been on as a church over the last 17 years, to recognise God's goodness, and faithfulness to us during that time. And as we look to the year ahead and think about the twists and turns that it may take, I thought it might be good to finish by praying a blessing over you, but specifically to pray it over the Ebbing House family as their path now takes them in a different direction to Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church to serve that congregation and that community in Bangor. So I want to invite you to join with me in praying the words of the ironic blessing over Christoph, Claire, Patrick, Sophie and Ruby. We know that this was a prayer God first gave Moses to tell Aaron and his sons to use it to bless his people, the Israelites. So we want to use these words now to bless you as you leave us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. These are strange times in which to be doing this, aren't they? With COVID and its third wave and the congregation all looking lovely in your masks. In normal times, when a minister leaves a congregation, the church building would be full and we would be staying afterwards for tea and buns. We'd be sharing reminiscences and we'd be offering each other good wishes. As it is, we have a few discipleship groups here gathered and various others from the congregation watching and listening at home. And so it falls to Rosie and myself to try and reflect some of the thoughts of the congregation at this time without handshakes or hugs. Christoph has already said that he would love to come back to just a normal morning service where he can chat to folks at the door as they leave, and we will love to organise that once we get to the other side of coronavirus, whenever that will be.
So what we want to do today is to say thank you to you as a family and to Claire and Christoph for their work with and for our church community. I want to say a few words to Patty and Sophie and Ruby. So I've been there. I've been where you are, and we didn't want to let you go without saying a few words to you and about you, and obviously this is really awkward and it's really strange, but we're going to push through the awkward together here just for a few moments. Um, So where would I begin, even beginning thinking to say something meaningful to you guys? Well, the historian in me looks to the past, but I'm conscious when I look at you now that you're no longer three shocks of blonde hair running around our church building on a Sunday morning. You're a young man and two young women. We have, we have grown up before our very eyes from babyhood here among us, and we have loved watching you grow. We have so many fond memories of you throughout your lives here with us. Here are just a few. Flying over the box at BB displays, singing at the front of church, expertly playing the flute and the trombone, patiently making loom bands with younger children at church weekends, chatting and laughing with your friends, swimming in icy rivers at Camp Kirkpatrick without wetsuits, helping our smallest children feel part of our church community in creche, making us laugh, jumping off that precarious tree stump in Tullymore, leading in Sunday Club, and so many other memories that each of us holds. You have really been part of us. You have been integral here. You've left your mark, and we're going to miss you. Something you may not have realized over the years is that your very presence has been an incredible encouragement to us. Seeing you sitting together in church or up in the gallery with your friends, coming in and out of GB Extra or all muddy after a BB Redburn trip, we're so grateful that you've been right in the middle of it all with the rest of us. I want to thank you on behalf of us all for being yourselves. You are three distinct and unique people with a huge array of gifts that we've been glad to see developed thus far. Thank you for welcoming us into your home for those lunches, those introductory discipleship group lunches and barbecues, for giving us a, a glimpse of intergenerational family church life. We know it can't have been easy at times to share your mum and dad with all of us, but we thank you for doing that. On behalf of the many, many leaders in our church, from TOTS all the way through the district, all the organisations in between, far too many to mention, we have loved having you in all sorts of rooms, in all sorts of places, including around campfires, in the mountains, away for weekends. We've loved hearing your thoughts, sensing your grappling, observing your honesty and your kindness, having fun with you, watching you take in truth, and engage with the Bible, having a laugh with you, watching you take and serving alongside us, sorry. You have been a privilege to journey with, and you have taught us more than you realize. So thank you for sharing your lives with us, and thank you for being generous with your friendship. We know you've made really good friends here. Throughout your time here, we've been praying for you. We've been praying as you have taken hold of your faith for yourselves. And we'll continue to pray that as you journey on in your new church community at Hamilton Road. Our loss is truly their gain. I want to leave you with the verse that springs to mind when I think of all our young people here in Kirkpatrick. As you all seek to follow Jesus and to live an authentic life in the places where God has placed you, it's from Zephaniah. Now, doubtless there are challenges ahead. Um, Your dad mentioned there the sense of loss that you're currently feeling. You've got exams around the corner. There's a lot of change to come. There's new people, new home, all of that. Just remember this, guys. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quieten you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now, you might have seen the bags. We want to give you a gift. A gift each. There's only small tokens of how we feel about you. But we hope that when you look at them and when you use them, 
that you'll remember your Kirkpatrick family with fondness and know you're always welcome here. With much love from all of us, your Kirkpatrick family. Christoph and Claire, can I first of all give you these gifts, um, collected for by the congregation. They include two pictures, one of Ballyhagamore to remind you of your 17 years spent in service of the king here and all that he did through you in that time, but also one of Dramina to remind you when you're struggling over a sermon or a session meeting in Bangor that there's always a place to escape to. Folks, these are only tokens to say thank you for the 17 years that you've contributed to God's work here. The story has been shared widely, but it's worth remembering that there were discussions about Kirkpatrick being closed 18 years ago. But instead, God brought a young minister and his family to the congregation, despite being told by some not to touch the place with a barge pole. But you came, in answers to the prayers over decades of faithful people in Kirkpatrick. And then God started to work in a new way and gave growth upon growth to our current congregation, a church that has gone from 40 families to over 300, and from a couple of baptisms every few years to having to sing the ironic blessing twice to fit in the parade of more and more babies around the church. We want to thank you for your part in God's big story for this place, but we also want to thank you for your role in the individual lives of folks in the congregation. The congregation, in a nod to COVID restrictions, have created a virtual thank you card, which will arrive with you later on today. But I just want to highlight some of the big themes from what lots of the congregation have been saying on there. Unsurprisingly, there was lots about camping, particularly Camp Kirkpatrick. Can it be a coincidence that the Kathleen opened their Belfast branch during your time in Ballyhagamore? There was lots about advice regarding trips through France, how many of us first visited Amasi because of your encouragement, um, nay pressure to go there. And there was lots about sharing coffees and buns and life together. But more importantly, there was a real sense that both of you, Christoph and Claire, had helped make church. You both provided a warm welcome, care, leadership, encouragement and teaching, and a culture of belonging or family. Claire, you came here with a tiny baby, and lots and lots of babies have followed through the doors of this church since then, and you've been really involved in helping developing ministries with all the children, and in supporting and caring for all the leaders of our organizations as we've tried to figure out how to handle the population explosion in this place. And you've always been willing to roll up your sleeves and get fully involved, from TOTS to Sunday Club and and converse to finally being our ministry's facilitator. Christoph, in your unique role, you've set the direction and tone of ministry in this congregation for 17 years. Many people mentioned how thankful they were for your heart for discipleship, teaching us to see ourselves as followers of Jesus and challenging us to support one another in this calling through a network of discipleship groups in this church. Many wanted to say thank you for your pastoral input as you walked with them through the brighter and darker seasons of life. Others wanted to say thank you for encouraging us to seriously engage with the Bible, whether through discipleship groups, book-by-book reading and discussion, daily Bible reading, or just opening up God's Word for us on a Sunday. Most importantly, many wanted to say thank you for your teaching for your ability to make Jesus walk off the pages of the Gospels, for helping his teaching to come alive and resonate with a community of disciples in Ballyhackamore, and primarily for pointing us to trust in him and inspiring us to trust all of our life to him. In summary, we're going to miss you loads, but we also know that God has called you as a family to this new sphere of service, and we look forward to seeing what God will do through you in Hamilton Road. Be assured of our prayers as you start your service there. And as we, you mentioned earlier, it would be good for us to return the favour, just as Hamilton Road prayed for you as you arrived here, so we will be praying for you as you go back to Hamilton Road. And so we want to take a couple of minutes and pray for you guys now. Um, Rosie and I will share the mic.
Let's pray. Lord God, we bring Patty, Sophie and Ruby before you. We are so thankful for their time here with us, for the joy they have given us, for how they've grown and for your beautiful work in their lives. Lord, you know how they feel as they face all sorts of change, goodbyes and unknowns. You see them. You comfort and quieten them by your love. They are under your tender, loving care. May they put their hands into your steady, constant, loving hand. May they trust you with all their hearts as you direct their paths. At this strange time of pandemic, when the distance between us has brought, thank you, Lord, that you draw near to Patty, Sophie and Ruby. You are in their midst. May they have an awareness of your closeness in the coming days and weeks. Lord, you know we will miss them. We will miss being their church family. But we hold the memories in our hearts and with thankfulness for the days that have gone. We trust you for the future. We trust you as Patty, Sophie and Ruby journey on as they continue to grow into adults. Give them joy, Lord. Bring great people into their lives. Direct their paths. And may they love you with all their heart, soul, mind and strength. In your beautiful son's name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for Christoph and Claire as they move to Bangor. We thank you for their 17 years of service in Kirkpatrick Memorial. We thank you for their desire to point us to be disciples of Jesus. We thank you for their willingness to share life with us in the congregation. And we thank you that God has spoken to us through their pastoral care and through opening of God's word. We ask that you guide them in their move to Bangor. We pray that the practicalities of that would go smoothly. And we pray that Patrick, Sophie and Ruby would settle into their new home and congregation with ease. We pray that you would bless Claire as she gets to know the congregation and serves and shares life with them. And we pray that you would bless Christoph's ministry and leadership in Hamilton Road. May the Holy Spirit ignite his preaching so that lives are transformed and people are brought into the kingdom for your glory. And finally, we pray for them as a family as we pray for ourselves, that all of these experiences would mold us and them to be more like Jesus, to better reflect his glory and be more able to point people to him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. And how do we finish, folks? In essence, we want to say thank you. We want to say we're going to miss you. And we want to say that we'll see you soon. As the, as one of the old hymns put it, the, and you've already pointed to, we realize that we'll see each other along the way, but we recognize the destination as it says, when he comes, our glorious king, all the ransomed home he'll bring then, and you, as this song, we'll sing hallelujah, what a savior. And so for us, where do we go from here? Next week, Christoph will be preaching in Bangor, but we'll be back here continuing to hear from God and pray for the work and that he will extend his kingdom in Ballyhackamore and beyond. So we'll see you then. God bless.